Rise Up theme song, take four. Answering the difficult and critical questions youth may face that relate to Mormon culture and teachings. This is the Rise Up Podcast, produced by Fair Mormon. You know, sometimes life just isn't all that fun. Knowledge takes time. For most, exercise and being in good shape takes a lot of effort. Answering questions about the gospel also takes some practice and sometimes may not be that fun at all. So what if life were one big, giant game show and you were a contestant? Hmm. What if? It's time to play Defend Your Beliefs with your host, Nicoletti. Hello and welcome to Defend Your Beliefs, the game show where we give you the difficult questions and you give us the faithful answer. I'm your host, Nick Galetti. Glad you could join us. The object of our game is to get the most faith points. For every reasoned and faithful answer you get, faith points. Those points are based on the judge's score of your answer. The contestant with the most faith points goes on to the terrestrial round, where they play for their spot in the celestial tournament at the end of the week. Let's not wait for you to be prepared. Let's play Defend Your Beliefs. Here now are the categories for today's show. Polygamy, race and the priesthood, multiple accounts of the first vision, and Book of Mormon Evidences. You'll have three seconds after I give each question to give your faithful, well-reasoned answer. Let's start with our first contestant, Caitlin. Which category do you want? I'll take polygamy for 100. Ooh, not an easy category, but here goes. This is the 100-point question. When did the practice of polygamy first begin? Well, I know that some of the early leaders of Red Church practiced polygamy, but I don't really know more than that. Judges? Oh, I'm sorry. That's not a complete enough answer. But they will award you 20 points for knowing that polygamy was practiced by early church members. But we needed more than that for the full 100 points. The answer we were looking for was... While never a universal practice or commandment, polygamy was first practiced in Old Testament times with individuals such as Abraham and Isaac, and was also practiced by a few early members of the church in the late 1830s. That's okay, Caitlin. 20 points is a good start. Okay, on to our next contestant. Kara, which category do you want? I will take Book of Mormon Evidences for 200. This is a pretty big category. There's a lot to know, so good luck. Here's your question. I heard that there are horses in the Book of Mormon, but there is no evidences that horses were brought to the Americas till after the time of the Book of Mormon. Three seconds. Um, that seems kind of like a dumb question, so I'm just not going to answer it. Uh, I'm sorry. That's not even close. Zero points. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah? You're dumb, too. Uh, wrong again. Now you have negative 50 faith points for being nasty. Next question. Caitlin, 
Does Adam have a belly button? See, life isn't a game show. There's no faith point system. It's not about winning or losing, especially when it comes to building faith in God or defending your beliefs. But what is real are questions that people will have about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, whether at school, at a job, on a mission, or even after you're married and have a family. Questions about your faith make up a never-ending demand to develop the skills and knowledge on how to defend your belief. I'm going to assume that you have a testimony of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as being led by a prophet, a prophet that's guided by revelation from Jesus Christ, who is the head of this church. If you're still discovering that for yourself, keep trying. As you come to know God through prayer, scripture study, and, and through living the commandments as you understand them, and as you're taught, in time you will come to know the truthfulness of the gospel. When defending the church, it's so important to first have a testimony. While a testimony typically comes over time, there are some moments that we can look at as testimony-building moments. Those times are where we may, to the best of our memory, say, yeah, I know that God is communicating with me and letting me know that he loves me and that I'm doing the right thing. Even that simple communication is enough to get a testimony started. For me, that moment came in the early part of 1993. I was around 14 years old, and the San Diego Temple was finished with its construction. One of the things that the youth in our stake were asked to do was to take tickets to the open house and go knock doors in the neighborhoods in the area and invite the people to attend the open house. If they said that they were interested in going, we would give them tickets. Now, this was a pretty notable event in San Diego. The temple is a really impressive and out-of-the-ordinary kind of structure, and it was right on a very busy part of the freeway. So the news was covering its construction, and people were making all kinds of comments about it. Some were saying it looked like the Space Mountain ride at Disneyland. Others even asked if it was a spaceship designed to send Mormons to another planet, to their home planet. Uh, it was a fun time to be a member of the church in San Diego County. Well, I took the chance to go and knock the doors of strangers with my friends in the Young Men's and Young Women's program in my ward, not fully realizing that I was being a missionary. That was a fun experience, but it really only planted the seed for what would come a week later. Another thing that youth were asked to do was to volunteer in some way with the open house. I didn't know what that would entail, but we were asked to do it, and I at least trusted my leaders enough that they said that this would be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to serve and that I should take it, so I did. I signed up and showed up for my shift. This was a big deal in San Diego. Again, people wanted to go inside the building regardless of their faith. It was a huge event with lines and people talking about it around their offices. When I arrived on site, they informed me that I was being assigned to wash the wheels of the people in wheelchairs that would come through the temple. Now, others handed out little blue booties so that people wouldn't track mud or dirt through the temple from their shoes. I acted similarly, only I had to take a sponge and clean the wheelchair tires before they entered. The line to get into the temple went right by my little tire washing station. Several students from my high school came down, and they saw me. They waved hi and 
looked at me a little different than they did at school. Some of them went beyond looks and said, are you Mormon? I didn't, I didn't know that. I felt really great doing my service, and part of me felt a little bit of pressure relief that my friends now knew uh, that I was a member. I'm not sure why, but I just, I just felt that way. Anyway, that experience left a unique impression upon me. I liked it so much that I went back for another shift and requested to wash wheels again for that shift. In the following weeks, I had people come up and ask me questions, something that might not have happened otherwise. I found myself feeling like a missionary in many ways. I felt the seeds of what I would call a testimony. Now, the years passed, and I came to a point where I was going on a mission, and I felt like I wanted to confirm that I really did have a testimony before going out and telling people to join a church I didn't really know was true. As I went through the process of searching my mind and heart, I came back to that experience of washing wheels at the San Diego Temple Open House. As I reviewed that experience, it came clear to my mind the following impression. Remember the story where Jesus Christ washed the feet of the disciples prior to his crucifixion? In that tremendous act of humility and love, Jesus Christ cleaned their feet a great symbol of his love and purifying power. In my own way, I felt like I followed that example of the Savior and washed the feet of those prior to entering the temple. As I took a moment then to reflect on the months and years that followed my San Diego temple experience, I realized that the way I was able to build my testimony was to follow Christ's example. In combination with continuous study of the gospel, going to seminary, and so on, I did this to the point that I was able to answer questions that people had for me. In part, I gained my testimony of the gospel as I went forward and tried to defend it. Now, as I tried to defend the gospel, I learned a lot of the wrong ways to do it, which is why I want to share an article that the church has put out on its website, lds.org. It's called The Do's and Don'ts of Defending Your Beliefs by David A. Edwards. And there will be a link to that article on the posting for this at blog.fairmormon.org. So go to this episode and find that link, and you'll get to go to that article. Or give it the old Google search. Again, it's called The Do's and Don'ts of Defending Your Beliefs by David A. Edwards. So here's a couple of the highlights but I encourage you to read the entire article. It's not, it's not long, but there is some great advice as you go forward and talk to your friends and family about questions they may have. The article starts out reminding us that when we were baptized, we made a commitment to stand as a witness of God at all times and in all things and in all places that we may be in. That means that you need to be ready to answer questions when you're in a line at a temple dedication, washing wheels, or at the doorstep of strangers. Defending the faith seems to be a particular concern for the brethren because there were several speakers that addressed this topic in the last general conference. President Monson, Elder Holland, Elder Ridd, and others to a lesser extent. It's important to not be ashamed of your membership in the church or in the teachings of the gospel. Sometimes we may not understand a particular teaching or practice, but in time, we can learn them 
and come to understand the divine wisdom behind those practices. But have courage. Look to the time when you first felt the seeds of your testimony and remember that God was telling you the truthfulness of the gospel and his individual love for you. Draw strength and courage from that testimony to keep you faithful until an answer is found. Now, one of the key things to remember while defending the faith is to never do so aggressively or to cause contention or argument with others, even if that's their, the people that you know come up to you, if that's their goal. In Doctrine and Covenants section 18, verse 20, the counsel comes clearly. Contend against no church. There is no place for argument or anger when discussing the church. Not only will the Spirit not attend that work, but it can actually do damage that's difficult to reverse. Another point that the article addresses is actually one of the additional pieces of advice at the bottom of the article, under the heading, Before You Say Anything. It's the piece of advice of making sure that you're in a good place to be able to give the best possible answer. Now, the implication of that statement in the article is to make sure that you aren't at a sporting event or with cheering crowds and several distractions making the message hard to hear. Be in a good geographic location. But I want to take this in another way. Make sure you're in a good place personally and spiritually. Meaning, don't be angry. Don't be caught up in something that would make you appear to be a bad example of what it means to be a Christian and member of Jesus Christ's church. It also means that you need to prepare yourself with as much knowledge as you can of the scriptures and of these issues. LDS.org has several gospel topics articles, and more will be coming regarding some of these difficult or critical issues that some people may have. FairMormon.org has a Wikipedia-like database with answers to a lot of questions that people face. In fact, there's a page for the youth on Fair Mormon that can use the brains and efforts of some of you listening to this and and help bring it up to date. So if you want to find a way to help defend the faith online and have basic skills to help, we'd love to have your input and contribution here at Fair Mormon. Now, these websites are great sources for answers that will help you be in a good place when it comes to defending the faith and offering answers. These are resources that I would recommend going to with your parents around because they can help you with some of the questions that might come up right away. So to sum up, look to your testimony as a place to return to, your happy place when encountering those who have questions about the church. Read the Do's and Don'ts of Defending Your Beliefs article on the LDS.org website. It is rich with suggestions. Then find a way to be in a good place, not just geographically, but personally, a place where you know the Spirit will be welcome to help you as you choose to defend the gospel. Now, I want to leave you with a quote from President Monson from this last general conference to take courage with the work of defending the gospel. Inasmuch as the trend in society today is rapidly moving away from the values and principles the Lord has given us, we will almost certainly be called upon to defend that which we believe. Will we have the courage to do so? Said President J. Reuben Clark, Jr., who for many years was a member of the First Presidency, Not unknown are cases where those of presumed faith 
have felt that since by affirming their full faith they might call down upon themselves the ridicule of their unbelieving colleagues. They must either modify or explain away their faith or destructively dilute it or even pretend to cast it away. Such are hypocrites. None of us would wish to wear such a label, and yet we are reluctant to declare our faith in some circumstances. We can help ourselves in our desire to do that which is right if we put ourselves in places and participate in activities where our thoughts are influenced for good and where the Spirit of the Lord will be comfortable. The call for courage comes constantly to each of us every day of our lives. Courage is needed, not not just for the momentous events, but we more often need that as we respond to circumstances around us. Said Scottish poet and novelist Robert Louis Stevenson, and I quote, Every courage has few witnesses. But yours is no less noble because no drum beats for you and no crowd shouts your name. Close quote. Courage comes in many forms, wrote the Christian author Charles Swindoll. Courage is not limited to the battlefield or to bravely catching a thief in the house. The real tests of courage are much quieter. They are inner tests like remaining faithful when nobody is looking, like standing alone when you are misunderstood. I would add that this inner courage also includes doing the right thing, even though we may be afraid, defending our beliefs at the risk of being ridiculed, and maintaining those beliefs even when threatened with loss of friends or social status. He who stands steadfastly for that which is right must risk becoming at times disapproved and unpopular. With the courage of our convictions, may we declare with the Apostle Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And then with that same courage, may we follow Paul's counsel. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. May each one leave here tonight with the determination and the courage to say with Job of old, While my breath is in me, I will not remove mine integrity from me. Close quote. That this may be true is my humble prayer. And I offer it sincerely in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rise Up. This has been a production of Fair Mormon. This and other podcasts are available at fairmormon.org. 
The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes under the name Mormon Faircast. Questions or comments can be posted at blog.fairmormon.org in conjunction with this episode. Tune in each week for another episode of Rise Up. Thank you for listening.